eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven, glory, praise, honor, and adoration be unto your holy name for your goodness and mercy bestowed upon us in that you have given us life, forgiveness of sins, provided for us our food, our shelter, clothing, and all the basic necessities of life, not because of our goodness or holiness or righteousness, but in your mercy and great, great love you've given us all this. Lord in heaven, our great desire is to live in harmony with your will and to please you in all that we do. But we have no power to do this of ourselves. As we come to this devotion now, we pray that you sanctify our words and our lips to speak words of power that will help us to do your will, that will transform our characters to be in the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grant us of your spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Conflict and Courage January 19 Two Ways to Go And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Genesis chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. Cain came before God with murmuring and infidelity in his heart in regard to the promised sacrifice and the necessity of the sacrificial offerings. His gifts expressed no penitence for sin. He felt, as many now feel, that it would be an acknowledgement of weakness to follow the exact plan marked out by God of trusting his salvation wholly to the atonement of the promised Savior. He chose the course of self-dependence. He would come in his own merits. He would not bring the lamb and mingle its blood with his offering, but would present his fruits the products of his labor. He presented his offering as a favor done to God, through which he expected to secure the divine approval. Cain obeyed in building an altar, obeyed in bringing a sacrifice, but he rendered only a partial obedience. The essential part, the recognition of the need of a redeemer, was left out. Cain and Abel represent two classes that will exist in the world till the close of time. One class avail themselves of the appointed sacrifice for sin. The other venture to depend upon their own merits. Theirs is a sacrifice without the virtue of divine mediation. And thus, it is not able to bring man into favor with God. It is only through the merits of Jesus that our transgressions can be pardoned. It is claimed by some that the human race is in need not of redemption but of development, that it can refine, elevate and regenerate itself. As Cain taught to secure the divine favor by an offering that lacked the blood of a sacrifice, so do these expect to exalt humanity to the divine standard, independent of the atonement. This history of Cain shows what must 
be the result. It shows what man will become apart from Christ. Humanity has no power to regenerate itself. It does not tend upward toward the divine, but downward toward the satanic. Christ is our only hope. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Neither is there salvation in any other. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Amen. The title of our devotion is Two Ways to Go. And this was what was set before Cain. He had two ways to go. And you can tell that set before every human being is these two ways for us to go. And we eventually would have to make our choice. We are going to look at the life of Cain and the choice he made and the workings in his mind, the motive behind his actions, and examine ourselves whether we are not actuated by such motives and reveal that character in little details of our lives and in our dealings with our fellow human beings and in our dealings with God. What was the kind of mindset that Cain had? We read in Conflict and Courage, page 25, paragraph 2, that his gifts, Cain's gifts, expressed no penitence for sin. He felt, as many now feel, that it would be an acknowledgement of weakness to follow the exact plan marked out by God of trusting his salvation wholly to the atonement of the promised Savior. He chose the course of self-dependence. He would come in his own merits. He would not bring the lamb and mingle its blood with his offering, but would present his fruits, the products of his labor. He presented his offering as a favor unto God through which he expected to secure the divine approval." End of quote. Before I go on, I want us to properly understand what is going on here. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned, there was always a need for us to depend on a savior. The broken law of God demands the life of the lawbreaker. To break the law of God is what is called sin. 1 John chapter 3 verse 4 tells us that sin is the transgression, that's breaking of the law of God. And the only way man can be saved is through the death of the lawgiver himself. Because his life is the only life as sacred as that law that was broken. So in order for man to be saved from the death that he was supposed to die, someone needs to take his place. Angels cannot do that. The holiest of men cannot do that. Only one whose holiness is equal with the holiness of the law can die for man and save him from the death that he incurred on himself by disobedience to the law of God. Now when Adam and Eve sinned, the Lord promised that he would send a seed which is Christ Jesus that will come someday and die for man's sin, for every man's sin. Now in hope and belief of this coming Savior, a symbolism was given to them that they should slay a lamb which represents the coming Savior, the Lamb of God. The slaying of those lambs could not take away sin. But in slaying the lamb, it shows that you believe that in the coming future, a man will come who is the Lamb of God. And his death 
you believe even though he hasn't come if you were someone living in the days of adam and living before christ's death believing that a coming savior is will would die and that you believe even though you've not seen him even though you may die like many died without seeing christ or without his death actually happening yet they believed by faith looking upward forward that a savior will come and by that faith they were all saved and we will look backward to that savior and by that faith we will be saved cain knew all this and knew that for his sins if he wanted forgiveness the only way he could get it was by faith in the lamb of god showing that by the slain of lambs but cain did not do that cain indeed felt that he was doing god a favor in giving him the best of his fruits not that he was asking forgiveness he came with the best of his produce and they must have been beautiful to behold but god had no respect towards this beautiful offering he thought he could bribe god and also felt it would be humiliating to come exactly as god says in humbling himself and using a lamb for the sacrifice he actually despised jesus christ he did not want to associate himself with that and admit his wrong because to bring a lamb will be to admit that you are a sinner to slay that lamb will mean will be to admit that someone helped you but the pride of king doesn't need anybody's help and it cannot ask for forgiveness for sin that pride of Cain, that self-exaltation felt that they did not need to apologize for anything. This character of Cain is seen today among us. Have you ever seen yourself unwilling to accept your wrong and apologize for the wrong you did to someone? You see, some people find it hard to utter any word of apology to their fellow men and admit their wrong. This is that same spirit of Cain. Instead of apologizing, they think they can make up for their wrong by buying gifts and doing favors for the person that they have wronged. Husbands do this to their wives and vice versa. Wives do it to their husbands and children to their parents and parents to their children. Adults to younger people, younger people to adults, employers to employees. Pride stops people from apologizing and admitting that they are wrong and admitting that they actually hurt someone. And this was Cain's pride. And instead of asking for forgiveness, he came to give a gift to do God a favor as though that would pacify God, as though God could take a bribe to utter an apology or to say, I am sorry, please forgive me, is too humbling and condescending for some people. It will hurt their pride so much that the word is so hard to come out from their lips. Instead, they begin to find ways to give the best gifts and do so-called favors like Cain intended to do with God. God had no respect towards Cain's offering. And faithful parents too, who maybe their children do this to them, you should know what to do. You will not allow your children's gifts to blind your eyes from their wrong. God will not allow allow Cain's gift to blind his eyes from the wrong or the sin in his life. He needed forgiveness and here was he bringing gifts, thinking that that would be enough to pacify God as though God was an idol. You see, this is the same 
perverted mindset of idolatry. People want to treat God as an idol that can be pacified with gifts and needs no repentance. Our sins demand our death, for the wages of sin is death. God requires repentance, which Cain was unwilling to give. This repentance comes only through believing and having faith in the slain Lamb of God who then takes our place for our sins that we have committed. Without this, we cannot have either forgiveness or repentance. Idols, on the other hand, require that you continue to pacify them with gifts. And this is how many Christians today treat God as though he were a man who can be bribed with gifts. But what does the Lord want from us? Micah chapter 6 from verse 6 to 8 says, Wherewith shall I come before the Lord, and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with cows of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? What will you give for the sin of your soul? Verse 8 He had showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. This is what the Lord wants, and this Cain did not bring. Thinking that he could pacify God, he came without this heart, this mind of doing justice love mercy and walk humbly with God. In the book of Psalms chapter 51 verse 17, we read there the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. God requires obedience and a changed life. Not for us to come with huge offerings to the church, feeling like on account of our offerings, who will accept us or we are worthy to be in his presence because of our offerings. Offerings are good, of course, to further the work of God. But the motive behind it is what I am addressing. If we cherish the thought that based on our offerings and our huge tithes, God will overlook our sins, we are insulting God. Many there are who have no intention of repenting of their sins and come to God with offerings of favor and not with a repentant heart and a desire to change but think that they are receiving indulgences and rights to sin because they have paid or done God a so-called favor by giving him gifts. This is an insult to the creator of all things. Psalms 50 reading from verse 9 says, reading the Lord says, I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. Will I eat of the flesh of bulls, or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. But unto the wicked God saith, What hast thou to do to declare my statutes, or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth, seeing thou hatest instruction, and casteth my words behind thee? When thou sawest a thief, then thou consented with him and has been partaker with adulterers. 
Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother, thou slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such an one as thyself, but I will reprove thee, and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. God is not interested in all that. Even if Cain had come with blocks, but in his heart, in his heart, he was not repentant and he did not believe. He was just doing that formality. His offering would not have been respected. God will not respect that offering. So beyond using the right article, like Abel did using the lamb, there is also in our hearts, we must have that penitence. You see, it is claimed by some, as we read in uh, Conflict and Courage, page 25, paragraph 4. It is claimed by some that the human race is in need, not of redemption, but of development. You see, today there are so many plans for this. But what is it that the human that the human race actually needs? What we need is the indwelling Christ. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 11 tells us, By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. So many plans are being made today by the United Nations and so many programs are being created by different countries to help humanity to develop. They claim what we need is development and they push God aside. In the legislative halls, God is not there. In the executive halls, God is not there. In the governments, God is not there. And they want to develop humanity. That's what they say. But they forget. Proverbs 14 verse 34. Righteousness exalted a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Just like Cain, people don't want Christ in their life. They want just to continue in uh, development. And if you read further in the book of Proverbs, um, Genesis chapter 4, you'll find out that that was exact, the exact cause that Cain and his descendants took. They went into all kinds of industry and development of music and weapons and all kinds of cunning art. And they felt that that's all man needed. All we need to do is to make our lives more beautiful. And they neglected Jesus. We'll talk about that some other time. And this is what the world is doing today, following after Cain's example neglecting Christ and his righteousness they are making up schemes schemes SDG so uh, what they call it now the sustainable development goals and the MDGs millennium development goals and they set this and set that but yet not trying to change the life and the heart of man and thinking that by making all these programs structural structural adju- adjustment program and all kinds of programs that this is what will help man and they claim oh we need to uh, educate, educate, educate about what? Not about Jesus. This is just like in the book Pilgrim's Progress, the worldly wise man who would recommend that we go to the town of morality and meet the man called legality and his son, civility. Whereas there's no Christ there, all they want to do is some kind of formalism and legal lifestyle and civilization that does not actually deal with the real problems of men. With all the knowledge and advancement in science and technology, 
we have in the world, our quality of life is not getting any better. Diseases are still breaking out, death from all causes is still on the rise, whether it is cancer, cardiovascular diseases, now we have COVID and so many others are coming and the ones that were there before are only getting worse. So what's all the technology for? What's all the science for? Is that the solution to man's problem? Now Christ is being rejected even more than before, more vehemently, but man is not getting any better. Will thou know, O man, it is righteousness that exalted a nation. The more in harmony with God's law a nation is, the more civilized, refined, and peaceful it will be for its inhabitants. Why? Because in the book Isaiah 32 verse 17, we are told, And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. That is the work of righteousness. Do you have war around you in your home, in your office, in your country? It is because of the lack of righteousness. It is righteousness that exalts a nation. The more away from righteousness, the more hedonistic and the more sinful and pagan a culture and a people are, the more uncultured, unrefined and immoral it will be and the more there will be wars and lack of peace and poverty will reign. In this is found the great success or failure of various nations, either the presence of righteousness and success or continual iniquity and failure. Where, there, where is the development from then? Where do we get this righteousness? No, or no other place than from Jesus Christ himself. Romans 5 verse 17 tells us, For if by one man's offense death reign by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. The righteousness that exalts a nation comes only through Jesus Christ. Cain was rejecting Jesus Christ and thinking that that was a solution to his problem. The world today is rejecting Jesus, thinking that they can do well without him. They don't want him in their life, so they bring all their gifts, talents to use to help themselves and thinking that they are helping humanity. But they don't know that they are making themselves even worse. What we need is Jesus. Let us not be like Cain putting Jesus out of our lives. Let us learn the example of Abel and humble ourselves before God. And in our dealings with our fellow men, let us always remember that in the book of 1 John, reading chapter 4, we are told there in verse, verse 20, he says, If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? In other words, the way we treat our fellow men is a simple example of how we treat God. If you cannot simply apologize to your brother, if you cannot say I'm sorry, if your pride wells up in you so that it's so difficult for you to admit you're wrong and you go about scheming and maybe just trying to bribe or give gifts and just that sorry cannot come out of your mouth. All you want to do is then next time you see your brother, you try to laugh with the person and make him lighten up but you would dare not say, I, I am sorry, because you feel defeated by saying, I'm sorry. You have the spirit of Cain, and you should repent of this evil spirit. That evil spirit that will not apologize, that will not say, I am sorry. That is that spirit of Cain. And we must be careful, lest we develop it, because the next thing is what we will see in our next devotion. Sin is lying at your door. May the Lord help us. 
that we should reflect the image of Jesus in all we do. It's my prayer. Amen. Let us pray. Holy and loving Father in heaven, thank you for the blessing of your word which we have received now. Please, Lord, help us that all that we have learned now shall be practiced in our lives. Forgive us for all the times we have exhibited this self-exaltation and pride, not wanting to apologize to those who we hurt and also doing the same with you, not wanting to repent but thinking that by our gifts we can incur the Lord's favor. Forgive us for insulting you so. Have mercy on us, O Lord. Help us to humble ourselves and accept our wrongs and to change our lives and come with a broken and a contrite heart before you, O Lord. Help us, Lord, to give our gifts freely, not thinking that we are doing you a favor, but knowing that we are giving you what you gave back to us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.